Powered by GoGoat Sports in partnership with TSN, it is episode 35, season four of the Rain Rigs Hockey Podcast. And as always, we are presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. You know, so often, Ray Ferraro, you know, you enjoy the moments, especially when, when celebrated players come back into a city, maybe they started their career and played for a long time, won a Stanley Cup, whatever. So Johnny Goodrow back in Calgary to take on the Flames a game that you guys did on ESPN. And I don't know if I'm surprised by the showering of booze or not. I'm I'm of the opinion, you buy a ticket. I don't like when guys throw their, their sweaters on the ice. I think that's disrespectful to any team, any player, any organization. But if you want to have some fun, entertain yourself, and boo Johnny Goudreau every time he touches the puck in Calgary, fill your boots. I got no problem with that. And I think you correct me if I'm wrong because you were there. He handled pretty well, both pregame and postgame. He had an incredible night. Uh, I'm sure it was really weird and odd. And, you know, he they put a video to get, you know, the video that they put for the returning players. As soon as they put his face up on the board, the building started to boo. Then they cheered really <laughs> loudly through the video. And then Johnny stood up and waved and he was, you could, you know, I mean, he was three feet from me. He had, he was really emotion in his face. And then the video ended. They cheered him through all that. They cheered him when he waved and thanked the fans. And then it stopped and they returned immediately to booing him, like in the same breath. (laughs) So I love it. I I thought um, their commitment to the booing was really was really (laughs) notable. I mean, man, that went to overtime and they were booing him still in overtime. So he had two beautiful assists, terrific passes. He hit a goal post. He missed the penalty shot. He hit Dan (laughs) Vladar in the head twice with a slapper. Like he, he honestly (laughs) could have had four goals last night. And then Calgary won in overtime. So I, I think the people went home feeling like, oh, that was a great night. And, and I hope Gaudreau did too, because he was terrific. He was all over. The game is for the people throwing their jerseys on the ice. I don't even mind that. And this is why if you spend $300 on a jersey and you're dumb enough or angry enough to throw it onto the ice, it's just like walking out in the street Mm. and throwing 300 bucks into the middle of the street. If you want to do that, knock yourself up. (laughs) I I really don't care. Is it disrespectful to the team you're supposed to be a fan of? Sure. But again, that guy, just think that guy or girl, she's paid a couple hundred bucks to get in the building to throw a $300 sweater on the ice. So if if the 500 bucks doesn't matter to you, toss it. You'll realize it later. So I I just wasted 500. I think you should have, I think you should have decoys, right? Right. Like, so don't throw the $300 one, have like a a t-shirt or something on underneath. It's like the hat trick cap, right? Like I didn't pay $55 for a team logoed hat to throw on the ice in a moment of euphoria because one of my favorite players just got the hat trick. I have a, like a crappy one stashed in a pocket or something. Well, and then lob that into the, into the fray. Well, that take the planning of that drags. I mean, come on. Like I know, I know, I know. So <laughs> I, I got a hat trick in Atlanta and they brought, they collected all the hats. And so they bring this, this bring, this big collection in a gigantic garbage bag. I don't know. There had to be a hundred yeah. hats in there or something. I don't know, something like that. So I was looking through them. Some of them you wouldn't have put on tiny. 
they were just so like greasy gritty. and dirty. gritty. Yeah, those ones that oh. seen lots of use. <laughs> Come and on. Like, oh man, <laughs> I don't even want to touch the brim <laughs> on this one. Uh. I was wondering what they did with the hats. I just assumed that they went to charity, right? Like the the clean ones and the the ugly ones just went where well, they I should they go do. into the garbage. But yeah, why I you hope. got the bag? Well, they gave it to me. I didn't take it with me. What am I going to take a hundred hats home? <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, kids, pick out a hat. Not this one here. It's a little greasy. Yeah, this one's okay. <laughs> you should have taken it to like a doctor's office and see if there's any infestations and things. Oh, like that. I, I left it right where it was. <laughs> what a way to start episode 35. All right. Headlines again presented this season by our uh, good friends at Boston pizza. And Oh, there's a number of ways we could attack the goings on in Vancouver. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong for reasons that I don't entirely understand. And I feel like I was pretty invested in the telling of the foibles of the Vancouver Canucks, over the last several months here. But I don't entirely understand why the Canucks waited until Sunday morning to fire Bruce Boudreau, but the hockey world clearly was in tune, focused, very passionate, certainly the fan base in Vancouver, maybe even fixated right on this for weeks. So in-season changes seldom go well, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they the club may improve. I mean, you may get a bump as the Vancouver Canucks got. They called it the Boudreau bump when he replaced Travis Green. Bruce's popularity with the fans and the media complicated this situation, maybe in tow with the fact that, look, Canucks management ownership had their reasons, whatever they are, and and Rutherford and and Patrick Alvin tried to articulate some, probably not all, but they had their reasons for waiting as long as they did, and then you throw in the popularity of, of Boudreau, uh, almost globally, right? Because he's that guy. He's viewed as a nice guy. And this turned into a bit of a cesspool, in all fairness, uh, and a troubling one across across the board. So I don't know how you feel, but you have a unique perspective on this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're as happy as anyone associated with the organization or even as a fan. Okay, it's over. Now let's let's do whatever we can to move forward. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure most people listening or almost all people listening know that my wife works in the management group. So, you know, my perspective is a, you know, is probably a little more closely tied. Uh, right. And respectful of, of her position. And we'll say this, though. There's a couple of things that I don't think people understand. Number one is most of us, well, I, I can't think of anybody that doesn't think that when they knew that it was going in this direction, it should have been moved quicker. Like it, it just should have been moved mm-hmm. quicker. They, if they had decided that they, they were going to go down this road and the story got out in the volume that it did, even if you didn't want to, you mm-hmm. probably had to, but we don't know the reasons and won't know the reasons why that occurred. So that's the first part. The, the second part is it was also reported that, you know, well, actually, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine said they had been talking to people over the last month or so. They first reached out, I think the timeline was a month ago or yeah. so to Rick Tockett. If people don't think this happens, they're completely naive. When you're thinking of making a coaching change, you don't just sit there, make the change this morning and go, now we're going to start to look. You might mm-hmm. end up at that point that, yeah, we're going to make a change. There's nobody out there that we're really interested in at this point, so we will put an interim coach in place. 
that that would be the way that happens but bruce did an article right. with um with his buddy mike russo in in minnesota and he said in the article he was watching the game in anaheim from a hotel when randy carlisle got fired after the game and it's that's not that's not a uh, a kick in the shins to bruce that's the way that it works if if they if they want the next coach and bruce was available anaheim agreed to a deal they had they had to sign some stuff and papers and talk to washington and all that stuff and then carlisle's coaching he probably knew at that time something was going to happen and he gets fired and bruce comes in the next day so yeah i thought honestly i thought bruce did the best he could with was a crappy spot it really was i wish it would have been cleaner i think a lot of people wish it would have been quicker and cleaner but that's you know that was explained as best as possible or as best as they wanted to explain it and you know bruce is going to do the interviews he's going to do and explain what he's going to explain and like i mm-hmm. i heard his interview yesterday and he was you know with with mike who's a terrific reporter and he's like look i'm no. not going to talk about what happened i'm not going to throw stones anywhere like he he walks away and he'll we'll see bruce on tv near us soon i mean whether wherever it's going to be whomever yeah. it's going to be with he will stay in the game he loves mm-hmm. well again well i want your thoughts on talk it on foot on gonchar and and what you see moving forward as a coaching staff there but one more on on boudreau because the article that i read this morning nhl.com you know, he identifies goaltending in this piece as their biggest issue. And, and you know, says, look, Thatcher Demko, in his own recollection, would say that early on he struggled and then he got hurt. And and Bruce isn't wrong. You know, normally when you see good teams and the coach is getting a ton of credit, well, there's a lot of things that factor into that and almost always a higher level of goaltending sure, is, yeah. is part of that winning formula. Yeah. You know? Yeah, every so uh, I, I think he's fair and I think he's he's accurate in saying that. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. But last year when they went on that run after Bruce was hired, Demko was stopping the puck, I think, ninety-four percent of the time. If yeah. that's the goaltending you need to win, then there's other problems. Right? Because because it's just not yeah, it's not a sustainable, sustainable. number. I think no. Igor Shosturkin and Andre Vasilevsky are two of the very best. And Shosturkin was ninety three and a half point nine three five last year, and he's not this year because it, you just can't. Yeah. It's too hard. If I'm looking at that team, yeah. clearly Thatcher Demko's start and injury is not been a good thing. It, their goaltending plummeted no. the quality to Spencer Martin and Colin Delia. But Spencer Martin was signed as a backup. Now you got to play all the time, and it's it never works. It just, it just doesn't. Right. They're, the way they defend is about personnel, which isn't good enough, and they know it's not, and they've, they're going to have to try and change it in the next eight weeks, right? I think mm-hmm. that's pretty clear. And the second part is, man, they give up chances from dead center way too much. And some of that goes to the way they structure their D zone or don't structure it. And so there's, there's two sides to this. There's the the human side, which I think everybody agrees should have been handled maybe a little cleaner, a little quicker. And then there's the hockey side, mm-hmm. which from the red line back is a mess. And I think both are fair. So that's that's the part that he's got to wear a little bit. You can't, it can't always be somebody else's fault. 
All right. So when we when we look at the coaching staff, Rick Tockett, obviously a head coach, you've got Adam Foote, you've got Sergey Gonchar coming in. I know two of these three guys very, very well. I don't know Gonchar as well. Communication is never going to be an issue with this trio, um, but I'm not sure what to expect. Again, the low-hanging fruit from some was to go after Tockett's coaching record to this point, you know, in his NHL head coaching career. Well, sure. you know, I'm sure you'll support this. He didn't have a whole lot of help in Arizona and probably had less help in Tampa Bay when he was there because the Tampa Bay Lightning were going through some ownership issues, and that's putting it mildly. So, I, I mean, I'm curious to see how this all comes together, uh, you know, just based on on the personalities, right? But Tockett has had a long time to have his conversations with Gonchar, who you know well from the Pittsburgh days, likely Adam Foote as well. So he obviously feels a connection and a comfort level to bring those two guys along with him to try and, and get the retool started in Vancouver. Well, I'm, uh, for sure. I mean, what coach brings in a guy he doesn't know or doesn't feel comfortable with? I mean, it, Every coach that is allowed to pick his staff is going to go to people that he knows. Pete DeBoer has brought Steve Spot with him everywhere they go. <laughs> you get one, you get the other. Yeah. And that's because Pete's comfortable with Steve's knowledge and with Steve's support and knowing that his message is going mm-hmm. to be supported. So, I'm, I mean, I don't know this, but I'm just assuming that Rick Tockett has that comfort with Sergey Gonchar and Adam Foote. If people want a little bit of a window into what both Tockett and Foot are like. I didn't even know how long ago he was the coach in Tampa, Rick. I mean, 15 years or 12 years, whatever it was, 12 years, I guess. Stamkos was just a kid, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Foot yeah, was. Um, was on. The point is both of them have been on our podcast. And so if you mm-hmm. listen, go back in the archives, you'll get a little bit of a window in what those guys are like in their view of coaching. And both of them, Mm -hmm. I know you know them better than me. I was surprised with both when we hung up about how much they talked about communication, about getting your message clearly to the players. So I I read an article on the report yesterday, reporting on the practice yesterday, the first one. And so they've got on the ice, there was Tockett, Gonchar, Foote, Jason King, and Mike Yo, and Mm -hmm. Ian Clark, the goalie coach. But I never count the goalie coaches because they only talk to two players anyway. Then (laughs) with 15 minutes left in practice, the Sedins came on the ice for development work after practice with the players. (laughs) So if you're wondering if there's going to be a staff that touches touch points, each of the players that will, that will be the case. It was not the case prior. So this will be a different staff and a different approach. Will it make them better? I don't know. I mean, there's still, still the same personnel that they've talked about not being good enough that gets them into the retool. And so until that personnel changes, you can only get so much better. I, I'll i be shocked if they don't become a tighter team. Like, I'll be really surprised yeah, yeah. if they don't become a, a tighter yeah. defensive team. Well, and look, we'll move on to Daryl Sutter and the Calgary Flames here momentarily. But I, I again, like the honesty from talking and his media availability even to the point of of openly discussing a conversation he quickly had with J.T. Miller and how J.T. Miller expressed to him, I know there are areas that I've got to get better in. And that's not just as a hockey player. You know, J.T. Miller owns his abrasiveness and, you know, the emotional side 
of of his approach. And without saying so, that was my read from talking, but in a positive way, right? Like, here's a guy I can work with because we can see that he's a hell of a hockey player, but he's also expressed there's some some parts of, of how I approach the game, maybe how I deal with my teammates that definitely need some polish. And and he was asking for help. That was my takeaway in that. Well, um, I, I would say, you know, another difference between the two coaches are, you know, Bruce really supports the top end of his roster. Like Bruce is, a, this should yeah. not go, yeah. this should not go unnoticed. Like he is a really nice person, Bruce. He doesn't want people to be upset. He wants them to be happy. He wants them to produce. He wants them to play. Did you? I don't know if you saw Jim, his first goal. He scored on Jim Rutherford fifty years ago. Jimmy, yeah, I yeah. saw and, it. Yeah, and Bruce is just in that face. They showed Bruce on the bench the joy. He loves the game. He wants his players to love the game. Pure elation. And there's yeah. a, the difference is that there'll be a different style of message for the players from talking there'll be a a harder Mm -hmm. edge to the accountability um that's just the way he is and it's one's better one's worse well whatever it's just one person to the next person and the one thing that will happen i think is you'll see this is now the third one thing i think will happen that i've said but is that minutes of the top guys are going to shrink and the pace of the game will try to increase because of that that will be one of their goals one of talk at schools i gotta say yeah i've done talking I, I, about like, the canucks yeah. uh, because I, i'm with you bud. Talking about. i'm with you hell i gotta go home I, but i'm looking for crying, forward for crying out loud i gotta go home <laughs> and then talk more <laughs> no and just <laughs> try not to keep my foot in my mouth move on damn it move on <laughs> all right well, we'll move on to another touchy one now, in fairness, I don't know if you were there for it yesterday when Daryl Sutter, I mean, he basically walked back his post-game comments on Saturday night, which was perceived, and, and this is how I perceived it, to be borderline mockery, either Jacob Pelche making his NHL debut or the media for asking the veteran coach to assess Jacob's NHL debut. And the reason he walked it back was more in an explanation, right, of, look, it may have looked like I was mocking him, but because of how the game was played situationally, he didn't get as much time on the ice mm. as he would have preferred, as I would have liked as his head coach. Therefore, I was literally just reading the stats off the sheet. Now, I'm you know, kind of expanding and, and, and putting words into maybe what the meaning of the walkback was from Daryl Sutter. However, in saying that, he started by grabbing his glasses, as we've all seen now the infamous clip, and asking what number is Jacob Pelsey? Like, I'll tell you what, Ray, and I think you and I talked about this on the phone uh, yesterday, whenever it was, day before. Um, But as a hockey father, okay, when your kid is playing in the NHL, as a dad, you don't have an opinion that matters, right? You you might with your wife or at home, but in the bigger picture, your opinion as a hockey parent doesn't matter. That would have pissed me off as a hockey dad. My kids got this one time to enjoy the moment, which is his first NHL regular season game, and a veteran head coach just steps on him like an ant. So anyway, yeah, I, 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 I certainly, think? I certainly wasn't a fan of the way he went about. You know, six minutes and forty nine seconds, no points, one shot. 11 seconds on the power play yeah. or whatever, you know, he went, he went left to right <laughs> yeah. on the, yeah. on the stat sheet. And 
then he said, man, it's a tough league. It's 21 years old, tough league. That could have been answered in a hundred different ways. One way being, hey, look, there was a bunch of penalties tonight. He didn't get on the ice very much. I was really happy for him. He had the one good chance. And man, there's a, there's a long road to being a regular player, yeah. but he took the first step tonight. So what's wrong with yeah. saying that? So in saying that, he did, Daryl did explain a little bit more fully with the number of penalties that there was in the Tampa game. So we yeah. had a great chance in the Tampa game that uh, Vasilevsky made a really good stop. Last night, he had a chance in the second period. Jonas Corposalo made an unbelievable save. One of those ones where the goalie's <laughs> on his belly and the player goes to elevate the puck and they lift their right leg, yeah. you know, like their back leg. They yeah, just lift yeah. their foot like it was in the net and he and he got robbed. So that's two games, two grade A chances. He's zipped around. He's not a big guy. I mean, I don't know him well enough. No. I saw him at the juniors and was a few years ago and was quite impressed with his tenacity, but he's, you know, he's, he's got 15 goals and 30 games in the American league. And this is the next step. You get a few games here and, and then, you know, you go back and you continue to build your game. I just thought Daryl could have handled that a hundred different ways other than the way he did. Yeah. And that's probably as close to the acknowledgement of I screwed this up, maybe even leaning towards an apology as <laughs> you're right. ever going to get publicly from Daryl Sutter in that environment. So those are your headlines, right? Thanks again to our good friends at Boston Pizza. Hi, it's Ray Ferraro. You've probably heard me talking about my friends at North Beach Agency and Craft Growth. They provide customized marketing solutions tailored to help grow businesses of all sizes. From results-driven marketing across TV, radio, and podcasts to websites, digital, social, out-of-home, and everything in between, they have the proven expertise to get the measurable results you need to get your business growing. You can visit craftgrowth.net and book your free business growth consultation now. That's craftgrowth.net. Chris Abbott was hoping to join us today, start of the week, episode 35 of the Ray and Dregs podcast. Unfortunately, he's been called into high-level meetings, big meetings all morning as we record this at the Batano.ca headquarters. Chris Abbott is not with us, Ray, but the segment is brought to you by Batano.ca, available in Ontario. And I, hey, look, I like the tag. The game starts now, maybe not so much for a couple of teams over the weekend in some of the NFL playoff matchups, but we're looking forward to the conference championship. Look, let's just peruse. So our game was Dallas and the San Francisco 49ers, and two of the three of us did okay. Winners. You went with the over, correct? You went with the over in that one. Yeah, I knew it when it was 3-3 early, or rather when it was 6-3 yeah. early, and Dallas's kicker had already missed another extra point. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. guy. But I'm like, no, nah, this is not an over. And sure enough, it was not. Well, Prescott taking heat too, eh? Since then, we'll see what happens there. You know, you know what? I, I'm going <laughs> to What do you think? A, if you're a Bills fan. I, let me just hang yeah. on here. So you said Prescott's yeah. taking heat. Include, you know, and, yeah. you know, the Dallas Cowboy football is so enormous. The governor of the state is tweeting yeah. in, I can kick better than the the cowboys kicker doesn't he have anything else to do the governor yeah like doesn't doesn't yeah. he have you anything else so. to do i just i don't like when well i mean maybe they get they get hammered all the time anyway so 
they, they can say uh, something once in a while, but yeah, I didn't like that. Well, do you, do you follow the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys on Twitter? Um, no, I don't, but somebody retweeted it and I had to check to make sure it was their actual verified account because they acknowledged Prescott gave up the ball twice. <laughs> That's the tweet. Like in acknowledging where things went really sour for the Cowboys. I'm like, ooh, like when your digital content people are hammering your start quarterback. I was told <laughs> that it, you can't even you can't even understand. I was told what cowboy football is unless you're in Dallas or in Texas on a Sunday. Like just how everything no empties out. Everybody, like literally everyone is connected to that football team. You remember the, the yeah. uh, Tony Herkus, the Herkus circus. Herkus amazing, circus. How many uh, played for like uh, 11 teams or something? Yeah, like what a great guy. <laughs> oh, what a guy. He, he's a pro yeah, scout now. Good guy. Amazing guy. He was playing for green. No, he was playing in the American league in Milwaukee. He didn't follow football. Herc doesn't care about football. He said Sunday morning when the Packers were playing, the best time to go grocery shopping. There was nobody in the nobody's there. Store. And so Herc would go grocery <laughs> shopping and everybody else would be watching the football game. <laughs> he was a smart man. That's fantastic. I was going to ask you, if you're a Bills fan, like Carlo Koliakou, I mean, it was like death by 10,000 paper cuts for him. Oh, boy, and and yeah. he went on such a rant on TSN 1050 First Up Radio yesterday morning. Like just everything is bad about the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so it feels like they're selling hope. But when you've got a gunslinger like Josh Allen, I still think you're in pretty good shape. So next you are, but the Bills. you lose to Cincinnati um, again. And Joe yeah. Burrow is a pretty good player. And the Bengals really go in good. there in the snow. And now, yeah. interesting yeah. this week, you know, because clearly Mahomes is is hobbled up pretty good. And yeah. high ankle yeah. sprain doesn't get better in, in six days. So I think Cincinnati's got a Is that the chance. game you think we should focus on? Yeah. I mean, you've got your conference championship, 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals. So Ooh. you're saying Chiefs, Bengals, that'll be our game? When you're down to four yeah, teams, you know how can you can go we, wrong? Why don't we do both, Drake's? I was just going to say, let's do both. What does it matter? I mean, just our record is going to shift by two. So what? Who cares? Might it'll, give, it'll give uh, Abbott a, might give Abbott a fighting chance. Yeah, I mean, it'll give him a chance <laughs> to catch up in, in that embarrassing tally he's got this year. Although the 49ers right now are plus two and a half. The over-under on that game versus the Eagles, 45 and a half. That's the early game Sunday. And then Chiefs, Bengals, Kansas City, even with Mahomes hobbled, plus two and a half over the Bengals. The over-under, 46 and a half so that's that's the sunday nighter and we will do both when chris rejoins us on thursday thanks to abs pre presentation of botano.ca remember with botano the game starts now we're cruising through episode 35 of the podcast right we by the way we've got ryan getzlaff joining us on thursday Star you know what? I, ryan getzlaff. we should we should maybe see if he could take his son out of school because his son is a budding star. No offense to Getsy, but it, it, it kind of looks like that, doesn't it? Man, that kid. We'll have to have some fun with him. He was awesome. If you haven't seen those clips between now and Thursday, check out Ryan Getzlaff's son. You got to watch the players. Oh, he was terrific. Like he's so good. But I mean, you know Getsy a little bit too, right? You've been around him a long, long time. Like, and this is what a fan 
doesn't necessarily get from certain players. He's a funny guy and he's got some personality. Now, whether or not he's going to be loose enough to show it on the podcast on Thursday, we'll try our best to pull that out of him. But no, he's not retired unlike now, Corey Perry, who he's retired yeah, now. He exactly. Matter now. Yeah. No, they're funny guys. So we'll get some of that out of them. Ryan Getzlap joining Ray and Riggs on Thursday in episode 36. Time for Ask Ray and Riggs Anything. So send us your questions on Twitter, Instagram. Our account is at Ray and Riggs or on the website, rayandriggs.com. Presented by Doer, the world's most comfortable pants for men and women. Do you travel with your Doer paraphernalia? Yes, I pants, do. Ray? I do. Uh, I, I do. Would. Nothing better They're than flying really with pants, good. man. Do you know what? Nice and comfy spreadsheet. The pants are awesome. I really like the t-shirts. Yeah. I really do. I'm Me a fan. too. I'm they wash really, easy, I'm, I'm too. <laughs> do you do the wash? I think we've asked this before. Do you do the wash? Almost every single load. I... To me, it is it is it's mindless, easy housework, which it seems like it's a big deal, you know. And and Holly always appreciates it, but for me, it's like okay, I've got a load going right now as we're doing the podcast. Threw it in right before we signed on. You know why I like doing it, and I do it in in our house. I do it because that's part of my A type personality. Yeah, I don't like the way Cammy folds. So I'd prefer to have my, like, what does it matter? When you think of it, she uses the big folds for the t-shirts. I like a little tighter fold. And okay. so uh, I, I'm like, I'll do it. So, and she could care less how I fold her stuff. So she's like, you want to fold it? Knock your socks out. Knock your socks off. I could yeah. care less. But me, I'm like, oh, all my shirts are too, uh, too big. So I, so that's why I'm I do a terrible it. folder. Yeah, I'm terrible. I just, I don't, I never get it crisp and square and all of that. So I just do this, 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 throw it in the hamper. Oh, you need one of those folding not boards good at that they it use. Away either. Put those folding boards that they have oh. in the stores. Those would be, oh, you'd, you'd okay, be. Okay, that's a good idea. Then they, and then they take the board out and they're just perfect. Okay. Uh, so remember, we got talking about the doer pants and, and the t-shirts. We love all of it. New customers. Just use our code RND Pants, RND Pants, and you'll save 15% off everything. Check them out at doer.ca. Do you want a tough question to start asking Andregs anything, or do oh, you want a Drake, bit of a softball? What, what does it matter? Because if it's tough or you ask the tough one second, does it really matter? No. Just, you right. know, you got no. it sitting there. Let's fire okay. them up. Okay. So, Instagram, this one's from Ryan at Ryan underscore. B underscore white. Have either of you ever been fired or had to fire someone else at any point? I have had to fire people in the past. Not many, a couple, I think. It was the early days of me being a sports director at radio stations, things like that. But, you know, mostly it's it's not a hard fire. It's, you know, these are entry-level positions. And sadly, you either have it or you don't have it. Oh, or or because the money was so crappy, you knew that they were about to quit. So, you know, you just expedite the process. So it's not a hard fire. And I assume Ryan is making the leap to Bruce Boudreau here in some fashion. Yeah. So but, uh, the answer for me is no, I've never been in a position of of power, of management. I've tried to fire mm-hmm. you a couple of times, but that doesn't seem to go yes, well. That's fair. And um but have I been fired while well, I've been traded? 
I mean, that's kind of like being fired, although you're just telling you kind to go work similar. for another company. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know your life that's here? Put it in a box and move over there. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the only uh, experience I have with it. Okay. Less serious one. This is from Dean Millard. You know Dean. Oh, sure. Guy, yeah. Edmonton, the younger brother of Darren Millard, Derek Millard, Dean, Darren, and Derek. I don't think you've ever met Derek. They're twin brothers. I bet you no. didn't know that. Darren Millard has a twin brother. I did not know that. And Dean is the younger brother. So, so the parents, Duck sorry, the parents Millard, didn't go much past, didn't go too deep into the alphabet there, right? Derek, Dean, and Darren. No, no. Okay. At Duck Millard wants to know, Ray, what would your goal song have been? In 1983-84, when you scored 108 goals with the Wheat Kings. Do you remember what the top song was? Was Like, was it Madonna? No, it would have Journey. been before Madonna. You know what? Okay. Someday love will find you. No, I, it like would have that. been a Billy Joel know. song, for sure. <laughs> it would have been something from Billy Joel, for sure. He might have been he might have been the only artist I knew at that time. And so I wasn't a big that, still not a big music tremendous. guy, but Billy Joel. Back to a serious one. This one is from Jordan Sabo One. All right. Why is there seemingly no accountability for how awful the officiating is in the NHL? It seems to get worse every year. Seems like sports betting has impacted how poorly the calls are made. I don't believe the last part. You know, is there no accountability? Okay, we've we've explained this, I think, on the podcast before. So I'll start and you finish. There is accountability because these guys are essentially graded every single night, every game that they do. That grading then ultimately determines if you're playoff worthy or not. And these individuals get paid in the playoffs. The players don't, the officials do. So if you don't make the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. And then ultimately, maybe, maybe your job is in question, right? Because every year, it's maybe not necessarily publicized unless it's a storied NHL official who's got 2,000 games under his belt or something. But there's changeover in the NHL officiating ranks every single year. These men lose their jobs. A couple things. If they aren't graded into the playoffs for a certain number of years in a row, they're they're graded out, so there is pressure to yeah. perform. Yeah, uh, that that just to tie up that one point. So I don't the gambling. What does that got to do with it? Like how is how is something? Yeah, I'm not like, buying that. I don't either. know. I don't quite understand no that intended. part of it. That might just be frustration. Yeah. But okay, so say you don't like the officials. This this fan clearly doesn't, and you want accountability. So what does that mean? Does that mean the officials you don't like, you get rid of? Then do you think the ones you're going to replace them with are going to be better? How could they be? Where do they come from? It is a really difficult process. I ran into a young official, Cody Beach. Kyle Beach's brother is now an, an official in the NHL. And Cody's 31. So he retired. He started to officiate like kids hockey. Started, then got into junior, started going to camps and development camps, went to an NHL camp, got sent back to gain some more experience, went back a second time, then got into the machine of development, refereeing American League games, then American League games plus NHL games, and that's kind of where he's at now. There is a whole process to this that 
we would never understand or see because the only time we care about the officials is if they make a bad call. It's really the only time we talk yeah. about them. How Agreed. many times do we go, oh, those four guys yeah. did a great job? No. Because they're that's what we <laughs> that was an ex- excellent game. Yeah. So <laughs> it, there is accountability more than we would probably understand. All right, let's wrap up uh, Ask Ray and Driggs with one more from Twitter, right? From Oilers Daily, at Oilers Daily page. Which team would you like to be the general manager for the next three years, and what would be your first move? <laughs> it's a tough one. I, there's so I many good think, teams, and you can see some of them that are on the way up, obviously. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. Because Ooh. in the next three years, Rasmus Stalin. Hope Matthias you don't have to Samuelson. fire your coach. <laughs> <laughs> Matthias Samuelson. <laughs> That's great. And Owen Power are only going to grow. Yeah. Ukapeka Lukanen is looking like he is a legit goalie. They've got Devin Levi coming, yeah. who more people are starting to think is UC Soros. Soros. So you're like, oh, mm-hmm. geez, if they yeah. fix that. Then you in three years, you're look. they've got Kevin Adams, as he told us last week, they've got a lot of depth and a lot of room to make some moves. Now they're going to have to start paying guys and it's going to cramp up a little bit, but they've got a bucket load of prospects sitting right there too. So I would be really excited if, if I were in the manager in Buffalo, I'd like to be a manager of any team. Although I don't know, maybe I wouldn't not anymore. They work too hard, man. They work too hard. It's always something going on, but you'd have to surround yourself with like, you know, just an entourage of good, hard working people. Okay. So there, there's, a, there's another thing when, fun. when like the old days, it was a manager, a GM and an assistant manager. Every team now has yeah. three assistant general managers and they all do something different. Yeah. And all of them are not yeah. with the NHL team. Some like yeah. there's an assistant general manager that does the salary cap. There's an assistant general manager that heads the scouting departments. There's an assistant general manager that works with, you know, more closely with the NHL team. So it's, it's a big operation now that it didn't used to be. There you go. Ask Grand Dregs anything. I guess we can wrap up. Let's get this bad boy done. And then we can look forward to Ryan Getzlaff, as I said, joining us on Thursday for episode 36 of Grand Dregs in Alberta, heading home, a little bit later today, what's the rest of the week look like? I'm um, uh, leaving Friday for Colorado. I uh, have St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They're going to be an interesting team here coming up to the deadline. St. Louis and yeah. Colorado on Saturday afternoon. My producer, who's a bit of a smart ass, okay. keeps checking in with me to make sure I know what time the game is. And he does this <laughs> because la- last year, he said we had an afternoon game. I thought the game was at night. I mean, it could happen. And he said, where are you? It could happen. Like, yeah. He goes, where are you? I'm, I'm at the hotel. And he goes, yeah, the game's at three, not seven. I was like, I'll be there in four minutes. Like, oh, my God. Lucky we were close. <laughs> I didn't know the game. So every game. No kidding. Text. So last night he sent me a text. What time's the game Saturday? I quickly looked into my phone and realized it's an afternoon game. Yeah, it's Saturday in in Denver. How about you? What do you got now? You well, yeah, more of the same, and I'm not complaining. I like the weeks where every week is manageable. Who's getting who? We're not digging ditches here, but I just this one's a little bit more quiet, so I can stay in my routine. You know, I've got the radio, I've got the podcast, I've got insider trading. I don't believe I have a game this week, which is a rarity. I have a Leafs game on Sunday. 
ah, I just like it. It's nice and, and, and manageable. You're, you got a golf trip coming up, do you not? Yes, it's going to make next week a little difficult to record a podcast, I will say, because <laughs> there's not much time around 36 holes. So going to Arizona no. uh, in between well, the game in Denver and the All-Star game. So yeah. I am uh, yeah. I will be uh, I'm banging the rust off a golf swing next week. By the way, when you get home, there's a good chance um, that our good buddy Mitch from Kushnet and uh, Footjoy also associated with Titleist, Titleist.ca, we'll have that package waiting for you when you get home because my package arrived yesterday. And are they sharp? Chock full of golf goodies. <laughs> oh, outstanding. You are going to be the best-dressed guy on this trip. So good for you, bud. Oh, that's All good right. news. That's good news. I like it. I like it. And uh, thanks to Mitch in advance. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, connect on Thursday. Look ahead at the conference championships in the NFL with our good pal, Chris Abbott and Ryan Getzloff. I always want want to say Anaheim Ducks. I mean, he's always going to be associated with the Ducks, but technically I don't think he is anymore. So former. Not yet. I think if he wants to be right. No. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, he's probably associated in some degree. All right, bud. Have a good one. Get home safe. And uh, like I said, we'll back at it on Thursday. Talk to you Thursday, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll chat then, Drakes. Yeah. Thank you to those who helped make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who asks, are you over beer? Boston Pizza, pick it up or get it delivered to your door. Just let Boston Pizza cook for you tonight. Batano.ca, it is available now in Ontario. The game starts now, says Batano. And by doer, use code RND. 15 or rnd pants and you will save 15 percent off everything at doer.ca that is episode 35 of the rain drags hockey podcast we'll chat again on thursday be well everybody 